0: Hey, my name is Adam Whitescarver, and I'm the Executive Director at the Chattanooga House of Prayer, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for listening today, and I hope it encourages you and gives you perspective to see the beauty and the diversity of God's church, both in Chattanooga and the church at large. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to a beautiful church podcast. This is Adam Whitescarver. I am your host. A Beautiful Church Podcast is a ministry of the Chattanooga House of Prayer. We hope to display the beauty of Christ's church in the entire metro Chattanooga area, and we do that by letting you in on some of the interesting conversations that we get to have around town. This is going to be part one of a four-part series with Pastor Seth Thompson. I'll let him introduce himself, but he is a minister in a Somewhat difficult ministry situation, and I think he's got a lot to learn from. He's going to cover everything from uh, ministering in that difficult situation to how he does that with without going into burnout mode or depression or uh, wild sin patterns. Uh, and he's going to talk about what it's like to minister to people and learn how to do that well. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I am on remote location, meaning I am outside of our normal recording facility at the Chattanooga House of Prayer, and I am at Fairview Church of the Nazarene in North Georgia with Senior Grand Poobah Lead Pastor Seth Thompson. Seth, say hello. Hello. How are you doing today? And today we're going to be talking about Seth's unique ministry... uh, situation, I guess, might be the quite uh, unique. Yeah, his unique ministry setting and why I think that Seth is actually a hero and we need more people like him. Are you okay to have that much praise thrown in your direction? Man, hero. That's that's quite the start. A hero, yes is it is. quite the start. And Seth is actually referred to as a hero not just by me, by but by multiple other pastors in this area that know him. So it's it's an honor to have you on the show well, and an honor to be here. Hopefully, I'll live up to the hype a little bit. <laughs> he will. He will. Because I'll, I'll make sure if he, in case he doesn't say it right, I will repeat why he's a hero, and there will be no questions asked. So with that said, Seth, how about you tell us a little bit about uh, church of the uh, Fairview Church of the Nazarene? Just
1: start t- giving us the context of where is this church What's it like? And I'll, I'll throw in things as you go. Sure, absolutely. So, uh, we are a Nazarene church in Rossville, Georgia. And this church was started in 1951. So it's been here, uh, for quite a while. Actually started across the street in an upper room of, uh, the gas station. Uh, the reason this church was started was because the founder believed there need to be a holiness denomination in this area right here in this, uh, specific location really uh, especially with the community around us
0: do you know what was here when it was started like my my guess is that this had to be like that gas station and farmland
1: is that what was here gas station houses a little bit of farmland uh, well we're on mcfarland avenue and mcfarland avenue used to be the main thoroughbred before 2a to actually run through uh from here um or to i guess to get from chattanooga but there was still nothing here. Not a whole lot here at all. Yeah. So gas station. This um, is like the last stop for 60 miles. Right, kind of gas exactly, exactly. So
0: if you can, people, picture the small country church 60,
1: almost 70 years ago now. Gosh. Almost 70 years ago. All and right. Then, uh, uh, the church kind of built in phases. And so we started out with the structure we're in right now, uh, which is a little bit smaller. Um, but then it's 70 six i believe that they built a sanctuary on uh to to this structure and um and so it's 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 not a we're a small community church uh, we, we try to be a community church we're a small church and um but the the main emphasis and goal uh when Fairview started was to be a holiness to to show the world who jesus is uh, especially to the community around us um and so uh that started uh like i said way back in 51 and they have um it's it's been a process and and a journey uh, to get where we are today um if if you just look at the history there's a lot of ups and downs. It's a lot more personal for me. This is the church I was actually born and raised in, uh which is a, yeah, yeah. a beautiful thing. Uh, but it's also, you know, it's got its pros and its cons great. and um but uh but this is the church I was actually born and raised in and and so it's it, it definitely holds a special place in my heart and uh this is where I was saved. This is where uh you know Pastor's baptized me and and uh this is so many great memories of youth groups and children's programs and everything uh, that really formed who I am today. Um, And so, uh, but once again, it's just a great, uh, great little community, great little church. The community around us is very, um, it's not a wealthy community at all. Yeah, so let's, let's
0: go into that. Let's talk about, so small country church on the side of a highway planted because the pastor said this community needs some people. Fast forward close to 70
1: years. Not a small country church anymore. No, there's stuff around it. There's a Let's lot. Let's describe of stuff what's around, around this church. Right. Now. Uh, so we still have the gas station that they originally met in across the street from the church, and uh, and so that is is still there. We have a furniture store uh, directly next to our church. Uh, it sells furniture H&H furniture A uh, good little place If you're looking for Some furniture Come on in I'm sure give They're you not a good Sponsoring deal. <laughs> this podcast They are not Until Sponsoring podcast. they pay us Don't go there <laughs> Just kidding Um We actually have Uh The DMV Or not the DMV But the tag office And tax office Is right across the street So there's A ton of traffic That actually drives By our place Um We uh, There was a restaurant Next door That the church Actually bought And um It serves kind of As our ministry center Um and, and so it, it closed down maybe 20 years ago um, or so, okay. and the church bought it and re- renovated it. Um, gas stations, multitude of other churches, uh, like I so said, we're thrown stowed from Highway 2A. So there's just so much traffic that um, comes from Flintstone, uh, even, you know, St. Elmo area to right. get out to Fordo. Um, and the houses, the community is not wealthy around here, though. Definitely not wealthy around here. Uh,
0: Are there lots of trailer Park communities around here, there
1: are several apartment complexes, uh, one trailer um, well two or three trailer complexes as well around here, and the value of homes like that home right up the right right over
0: there, not far from the stone store from the church behind the churches didn 't you tell me it was approximately twenty thousand uh, twenty eight thousand dollars
1: is uh, there 's a house behind us that uh, it was in pretty rough shape, but um, there was uh, the lady was trying to sell it for about twenty eight thousand uh, dollars church. I um, was hoping we might be able to purchase that and try to have it as a restoration house, but um, we, we weren't able to do that. So, okay. But a family has moved in back there, and we're trying to help them out with some things. So, so the ministry
0: context, just to set this up, uh, church was a country church, no longer country church, now in the middle of a lot of poverty. A lot. Seth is
1: a—he's uh, he's been to seminary. No, he's not been to seminary. I studied at Trevecca Nazarene University okay. in Nashville. So I have my bachelor's in religion okay, uh, with a pastoral ministries minor.
0: Okay. so And you're ordained in the Nazarene church. Seth is ordained, ordained in the Nazarene in the church, church, right?
1: Yeah, last May I was ordained in the church of Nazarene.
0: Okay. And uh, you could have gone to go plant a church maybe somewhere else. You could have been could one have. of these... Uh, and, and I got to be careful to not be uh, insulting here because I have friends that are doing this too. Because this is—it's an important work to go into a downtown area and to uh, look uh, both hipster and cool for some people, and to be in other ministry contexts. But uh, Seth did not do that. So he he came to this church. There were about. Thirty people ish here when you came.
1: About fifteen to eighteen when we came. Oh, okay, fifteen to eighteen, and were they young or were they old? Uh, probably the average age was between fifty-five and sixty, maybe a little bit older than that, but right there around there. Okay, and you added about how many people to this church? So we're running um, this last month. We averaged thirty-nine. This okay, last last month. Okay, um, and they were on a Sunday AM service. They were Their trajectory was a little bit younger, right? Much. Uh, probably around 30, 30, 30, well, even 25 to so 30. So you right?
0: added millennials
1: to a what was basically a dying congregation. We've had a lot of kids and youth. That okay. really helps us a lot. Okay. Um, we started a van ministry since I've been here, which has really bolstered uh some of our younger kids and so we go to uh several trailer or a trailer park and really pick up quite a few kids from there um and the trailer park we go to is and i'm sure you'll probably want to talk about at some point but it is a rough 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 trailer park okay
0: right so uh there's here's the thing this is why the pastors that i know that know you Consider you to be a hero. There's there's not many people that are lining up to do a job like you've done. How long have you been at this church again? So I came... Well, as pastor, sorry. How long have you been a senior pastor at this church?
1: Yeah, I came in June of 2015. So this coming up June will be four years. Wow. And,
0: and it's been totally easy. An easy ride that has not required any endurance from you whatsoever. So easy. Uh, you haven't so. had to go back and... Uh, <laughs> reconfigure and figure out how am I going to remain here and be strong in ministry and healthy in ministry and keep up the good fight. You haven't had to
1: do that at all. Uh, well, it would be nice if I could say that was true, but that is not true. That's not true. Right. Absolutely okay. Not. Uh, well, so we're a small family. I mean, we are a family church. We've got several families uh, that are have strong representation within this church. And not that that's a bad thing, but it, it does, once again, even have its pros and cons. And since I grew up in this church, my family has a strong representation here, which, once again, kind of even has its own challenge um, as well.
0: Okay, so if somebody's listening and they're thinking, gosh, I would love to do church planting, or gosh, I want to go, I'm on fire for Jesus and I want to do something uh Great. Why? Why don't we have more pastors signing up to do things like you, where others can say, "This this man's a hero. He's doing it. He's adding people that don't know Jesus to his church." Because were those people that are now going to your church going somewhere else? What?
1: Well, ask that one more time. Uh, the new people who have come to your church. Yeah. Were they going somewhere else? No. And the fact of them going somewhere else. Right. Um, well, it's it's just dirty work, uh, you know. It's nitty gritty. Um, it's it's not pretty. Uh, lots of times, it's a it is a thankless job, um, which is hard and difficult. You really kind of have to be grounded and know what your identity is, because um, if your identity is not in Christ and not in the cross, then it's it's going to be so much um, so much easier to get downtrodden, depressed. A lot of the things that come. Uh, but anytime you're dealing with messy people, people with needs. Uh, sometimes it's hard to see. Um, you just want better for people, you know, and, and right. when you really want better for people, and sometimes it seems like people may not desire that for themselves or even for their kids, which is even harder, I think, on a pretty deeper circumstance. Um, it, it's easy to look at that and be like, and what am I doing? Is, am I even making a difference? Right. Is, is, this wor- is this going to be worth it? Um, and so you really have to begin to find your identity, not in what other people think about you, not in numbers, not in the amount of offering that comes in, um, but it's, it's about finding your identity in Christ and finding your identity in the cross. And, um, so how
0: do you do that? Is that part of where you say, uh, Jesus did not come here to feel good? He came here to suffer and die. And then you literally say, "I am suffering and dying to self," in a way. Do, do you do you actually uh, go back and encourage yourself in the in a private time of
1: prayer and whatnot? Can you just speak into that a little bit? Oh, Absolutely. Nuts and bolts of it, how you do that. It takes a lot of um, a lot of prayer and a lot of reading, um, a lot of once again just um, of actually doing that of, of praying. Um, God, this isn't about me. Uh, this is all about you and. God help me to lay down myself. Um, it's a lot of, all right, God, this, this is the day you have given me today, every day. But each morning when you get up, this is the day you've given me. Um, I, I have a schedule. I have a plan, but God, however you want to wreck that, whatever you want to do, then, then that's what I, that's what I want to happen. Um, and so it's just a lot of being very mindful, uh, being very thoughtful, um, in how you even go about your day. And, um, and then, you know, Anytime a, a thought or a temptation creeps into your mind, that's, that's not right. You, you do have to capture it. And, uh, anytime you kind of daydream of like, man, it would be so nice if we didn't have to worry about, uh, if we're going to have enough volunteers to be able to cover, you know, well, you, you kind of take, take a hold of that. And instead of allowing the negative to, um, burn within you or to, to affect you. You look at the positive things that God is doing around you, and you say, yeah. "Man God's moving and he's working and and it it would be nice if we had some of these things, but you know what God's using the people that we have here and and there are people here that desire to live kingdom, that desire to live Jesus, desire to live love and so um you, you got to focus on on those things so many so easily it's we focus on the negative and we focus on um, things that really aren't positive. And it's, it's easy to do that, um, especially when it's not just negative things that are happening. But even sometimes in our ministries, there's people that are speaking, like literally speaking negativity sometimes right. into our ministry. Right. And, and it becomes a whole lot harder to fo- not focus on that and that's something that me and my wife we've had a journey through as well. Um, you know, even at home the kind of conversations we have, um it's so important that we uh, and we we've talked about this that we've got to get past these negative conversations because it doesn't just affect me in the church but th- th- there's potential that it affects us at home and my marriage right. and all of in our family's life. You know, we have two young kids, they're really young. Um, but down the road, you know, kids, they, they hear everything we say, you right. know, and so we've got to be so careful because we don't want to, to give a negative perception of the church. And the church is a beautiful thing. And the church is, is the way, you know, like the church is the bride of Christ. And, and, and so I don't ever want to be so down on the church that, someone would think, well, does even believe that the church? You know what I'm saying? And so just just really trying to be careful, trying to leave it at the house. Uh, Sabbath is very important to us, Mm -hmm. Um, really taking a day of just stopping. And a lot of pastors don't do that. Um, uh, But to me, it's almost just the same as a tithing issue. Um, Mm -hmm. We we trust God with our money that we're going to tithe with our money, but we don't trust Him with our time. And um, Mm -hmm. I think God says, you know, uh, if you just trust me with your time, then, um, then then I'll I'll work wonders in your life. And so you know, we really try to stop. And and I can I can attest to that that God's good. It seems like when I take that time to stop, then um, then it's 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 amazing how much other stuff I can get done through the week um, when I thought I wasn't going to have time to be able to right. get a lot of things accomplished. But um. so principles
0: of of rest and I guess boundaries around the conversations that you have at home now. For a lot of pastors, I know they end up saying, "Well, my wife and I—we need to know what's going on in each other's lives, but we have to sort of distribute this burden to other people." Or, I mean, are you just taking all this in and putting it in the place of prayer? Do you do you put it in prayer and
1: also have other pastors or mentors oh, yeah. that you speak these things to? How do, how does that work? Yeah, I've got about um, eight or nine pastor friends. Um, I talked to I talked to on a pretty—that's like, see pretty that already. Basis.
0: See, they're they're there puts you in a very exceptional category. Most pastors I know would not be able to say that. eight or nine pastor
1: friends that you talk to on a regular basis. To- uh, a pretty regular basis. I've got like several that uh, I've got two that I probably talk to. Well, I've got two that I probably three or four times a week where okay, we're wow. in conversation talking uh, just about life, about uh, church. Um, and, I've got one that we 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 do a deep accountability together. Okay. Ask each other the hard questions, the tough questions, and um, which everyone needs in their life. Everyone um, needs, yeah, because you know we're all called to be disciples. Doesn't matter who you are. If you're right. a pastor, if you're not a pastor, the call is to be a disciple and to make disciples. And uh, I think one of the this I was talking to my pastor buddy, and he he read a quote from somebody that says, "The thing that's missing in discipleship today is is the transparent relationship which mm. is that's, that's what's missing in discipleship mm. and so I really want to have that in my life." Uh, because I need it in my life. And, uh, but it's an opportunity for me to be able to have conversations. I'm very fortunate that I have two brothers who are pastors. And so, yes. um, able to have conversations with them to, they can really kind of speak some truth into my life. Um, and it's not that everything that I hear, I take as uh, necessarily the gospel truth, but it's so good to be able to run ideas by so many people who, have been there before, um, or experienced something similar that they can speak into my situation, speak truth and love and grace. Then it also makes sure that I am laying down myself. Um, if that's really the goal, um, yeah, absolutely that I'm, 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 I'm leaving, leading and as you know, as pastor, there's, there's a lot of pressure, um, To practice what you preach, you know, well, maybe not for some, you know, you hope that there's a lot of pressure to actually practice what you preach. Well... If we're not, or being mindful to exactly. watch our own life and doctrine,
0: right? Yeah,
1: right. But if we're if we're not having conversations and we're not transparent with 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 other people, then and the only people that you really can talk to that kind of know essentially what you're going through is is, is really other pastors. And um, and I don't I don't know if that's necessarily true, but um, you, it, it takes it takes a lot of effort to find someone you really can trust. That you truly can tell anything to, and uh, and there are things that you know. I, there's confidentiality with with my congregation that I don't talk about, but sure. Um, but it's it's good to be able to broadly be able to talk about things and about ministry. How essential
0: would you you know? So let's we're just going through that again. How essential would you say those? Uh, you say Sabbath, and then the boundaries of the conversation, and then having still having an outlet. How essential! Like, do you think you'd be able to do what you do without that outlet?
1: Absolutely not. You'd be toast. Uh, oh, good. You'd burn out in this yeah. world. Yeah, so could fast. Not, you couldn't be our hero anymore. So fast. Um, the Avengers need each other. Exactly. Exactly. Well, because okay. when you don't, you've got I a don't. Hulk and an Iron Man. Sure. Well, but once again, when you when you take even one of these things out, mm. that what's the focus? Like if, if 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 you're saying man these are really the things I need, you choose not to do those things, then it's and once again it's you're trying to be the superhero on your own. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and uh like I said, as we all know from Avengers and stuff, you know, more superheroes is is, is ultimately better. That's you know? the only. Way, and we're not going to give any spoilers to any movies. Well, well I haven't you, seen it yet, so I have to. Okay. Uh, <laughs> We're going, I think, tomorrow, or Saturday. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow. By the time Monday. this sees the light of day, I will
0: have pe- seen Most this, people so will have seen it. it. Yes. Yeah, we're not gonna, yes, yes. we're not gonna air it. <laughs> case. Uh,
1: but yeah, no, it's so huge, and um, and it's so easy because everything within us desires to do it on our own, to do for our for our selfish gain. For you know, that's what we talk a lot about in the Church of the Nazarene is is it's it's human nature versus God's nature and. You know, we believe that through the power of the Holy Spirit, that we can live into Jesus's nature, the example that we were given. We can live um, the the in the way that He lived, not by our own might or strength. Um, but man, the selfish nature I've been telling people lately is a very strong thing. Yes. A Very, and the kingdom really is a mindset more than uh, I think more than anything. It's it's a totally different mindset. And I've been doing a Bible study on Monday nights in our house just with anybody that wants to study Bible. And um, not even necessarily as a church event, but I just love talking about Bible. And um, and we've recently been looking at Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it, it really, it, it just doesn't make sense to the world, but it, it's a totally different mindset. Um, and and when we when we get a people that actually get into that mindset, then people can start utilizing their gifts, which is what that passage then goes on to talk about. Is once we all kind of get into this mindset, we realize that God has given all of us. It doesn't matter how old, how young, it doesn't matter if you have a disability or not. God has given all of us talents, gifts and abilities, and if we all bring those together as the church, then we will function as one and we'll be able to do so much more things as opposed to, well, if it's just the pastor, which I feel like so many churches do. Right. Um, they look to the pastor. Um, and I tell my people all the time, if we're going to make a difference in this community, it's not going to be because of me. (laughs) It's going to be because you step up and you choose to care about this community that you're in. And, and we've had some people step up. There's been some resistance all at the same time because, It's just totally different mindset, totally different way of thinking, which when you you live on or when you serve and minister on the other side of the railroad tracks, that's what I always call it, you know, because you always have like a good side of the railroad tracks. And sometimes literally, and even in old towns, and if you look at history, more often than not, the division line was always a railroad track between the poverty. And, And there's so many places where you go and there is almost that distinct line of there's here's the railroad track. Here's wealth. Here's not wealth. But when you're serving on the other side of the railroad tracks, um, you know, it, it, it takes takes the whole body truly being the body in order to reach a people. It takes everyone kind of being on board. Um, but that's a slow process, too.
0: So part of this, I think it, it's, it's worth saying, you know, because there's lots of people who they'll, they'll do a mission trip or there, there's churches that will come and they'll, they'll do a mission trip and help out a church like your church. Just mm-hmm. reality, and then they go back home. And it's not that those aren't, things aren't aren't useful, but to have a call where day in day out you're the guy who does this, it it has to be owned in such a way that uh, it's it's part of your own call to Christ of of dying to self. You know, uh, day by day, uh, I'm 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 diminishing, but being renewed every day. I'm being. Uh, I'm being pressed, but not crushed all those sorts of things. And, and, and if you don't, if you don't make that your joy and your, even your intention, you're not going to last if you don't have that in your mind. Absolutely. Um, it's, so that's part of, that's part of your theology of becoming more like Christ. And yeah, I just feel like that's, you know, that it's a really, I'm called to a death to self and I'm not walking with Jesus the way I'm supposed to. If I'm not being truly mindful of the death of self. Now, there's lots of ways that can be manifested. I don't want to make it. This is the only way that you can do it. But yeah, it makes it makes a whole lot of sense. So unfortunately, we have to stop right there. I know it's kind of in the middle of the conversation. uh, But to keep it, you know, somewhat like a, a decent podcast with some decent order and breaking it up in quasi natural spots. Uh, We're going to end it right there. We'll come back next time and pick up on our conversation where we left off. We're going to talk more about enduring and having longevity in ministry on the second part of this series. Thanks for joining us. The Chattanooga House of Prayer is a nonprofit ministry based in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where we are seeking the transformation of our city through unified prayer, worship, and action. I want to give a special thank you to those of you who give generously to this ministry. We have just learned over the years that many hands make light work, and it is because of you that we can continue this important mission. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit chathop.org. That's C-H-A-T-T-H-O-P.org slash podcast for more information. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, share it on your social media, and tag us at Chattanooga House of Prayer. Thanks again for listening.